So Jesus, come on. Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you this, this morning, God. I just pray, Lord, that even now, Lord, that whatever word is not of you, God, that it would fall to the ground this morning, God. Father, we just ask for your presence, Lord. Even now, God, that you would just anoint the word, God. Let it be a tangible presence behind this word, God. Lord, let it pierce hearts, God. Let us have understanding and clarity, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Father. So last week I kind of uh, shared a little bit before Alice ministered about we went on uh, this journey that we were trying to go on a vacation, me and my wife. And uh, it's been almost three, it was almost three years since we had gone on any kind of vacation. So it was time for us to do something. You know, we're very family-oriented people, so we, we've, we've always done, whether it's Florida, whether it's, it's something. We, we always got to make time. Three years have gone by, and we hadn't done nothing. And I just got up, and I said, hey, you know what? We, we got to go do something. So we decided that we were going to go to this beautiful place that we had seen on the internet called Torch Lake. You ever heard of that place? It's a beautiful place. I've just never been there. <laughs> That's where I was going to go, to Torch Lake. So, you know, we, we, we go on this journey, guys, and I'm going to kind of just take us on a story because this morning with the, the, the service, what I'm going to call it is I'm calling it Searching for the Very Thing That's Right in Front of You. You see, inside of me, I was, I was tired. My wife was tired. You know, we've been plowing. We've been in the Ohio area for about two years now. And, if, and for those who don't know, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. You know, you may see us on a Sunday morning or Thursday night, but this is going on Monday through Sunday, all day and all night. There's a lot that happens. So we go and... We're going to go on this escapade. So we, we hitch up the little RV. We have a, a little expedition, you know. Man, it's a big truck, right? I thought. So we go on this ride, and we're two and a half hours into our ride. And all of a sudden, my truck starts, we're cool. Like, listen, the air conditioner's blowing. We're nice. And all of a sudden, the, the air stopped. And they started blowing hot air. And I'm saying, wait a minute, something just happened. What's going on here? And then I see my gauge going. <laughs> and it gets hot. So we, we have to pull over on the side of the road. So we're there on the side of the road in the middle of pure Michigan. Pure Michigan. We're there on the side of the road. We're like, God. Man, we, we're just trying to get to a place, a vacation. We, not, we want some rest. You know, and, and praise God, we, you know, we had a, one of my spiritual sons, Mark, back there on the camera was with us. And, and man, Mark's, he's amazing. He's got a degree in auto mechanics, and he's a, he's a mechanic. That's what he does. So if you ever need a mechanic, you got to get a hold of Mark. Free plug, shameless plug. And that's what he does. So he's there, and we're on the side of the road, and I, and I can do nothing because I know nothing about nothing about that stuff. I just sat there, and I'll, I'll open the hood. And I'm just, yeah. <laughs> that's me. 
I'll act like I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Check the little battery terminal. <laughs> and then they'll ask, you have any tools? I'm like, what, what, what is a tool? No. But seriously, so we're there, and, you know, Mark is like, man, I don't know what's going on. And he was giving me all the different, you know, he, he was like a doctor. He gave me all kinds of bad reports. Well, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this. And, well, if it starts smoking, your O-rings are this. And like, what? So we go, and we're like, well, we're going to keep going. We'll just wait till it cools down. So we push on, going to Torch Lake. I felt like we were the, the, in that movie with Chevy Chase. <laughs> National Lampoons. Going to Wally World. Whatever. Remember that? So we're driving, and we get about 15 minutes into our drive, and boom, again, it gets hot. And by this time, I'm wondering, man, listen, we still got about four hours to go. Do I want to continue going four hours every 15 minutes? Because what happens if we can't come back? I don't know. You know, that's a little bit difficult. So we, we decided that, you know, we're going to just turn around. You know, maybe it wasn't the time for us to go to Torch Lake. So we turn around, and we're trucking back to Ohio, and it's perfect. I'm like an hour and a half in. Nothing. It's wrong. And I'm like, hey, guys, this truck is working great. What do y'all think? You want to turn around? Well, yeah, let's do it. So we turn around and take off back to pure Michigan. So we're driving down Michigan, and we get in about another hour, and all of a sudden, boom, it gets hot again. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, you know, we just drove three hours there, drove two hours back, then drove another hour again, and like, well, what do you want to do? So then we go, and, and uh, we say, well, we're just, we better turn back around. Uh, this is a comical story, guys. This, is, this really happened. Well, let's just, we're just going to go back to Ohio because we can't do this. So we go back to Ohio, and it starts to, uh, it starts to overheat again. So we pull off in the side of a road right there uh, in Michigan somewhere in a parking lot away from everything. And we're, we're there. We open up the truck, and we're just staring at the, we're just staring at it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes this guy, these two guys and a girl in this, like, this beat-up old truck. And they, t they come up and go, Woo! Say, hey, you got a problem there? I'm like, yes, sir. So what seems to be the problem? You need some help? And I mean, I had Mark there, and I didn't want to tell the guy, well, no, Mark's got it. You know, I was like, well, you know, we're just kind of, I'm trying to be nice. He jumps out of his truck. He jumps out of his truck, and he's, I mean, he's sagging his pants. He's got tattoos all, all over his arms, his body, and he's all reeking of alcohol and cigarettes. And, and I mean, he's just uh, real raw. And he's like, well, you know, you to, and he, he starts going through all this stuff and asking all the scenarios. And obviously, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't. But then he says this to me afterwards. 
He says, you know, last time this happened to me, I pulled over. I think, it's what I, I think happened. I think he saw that I was Hispanic and that I had drugs. That's what I think happened. <laughs> yeah, profiling. <laughs> profiling. So he comes out and he tells me, last time this happened, I pulled over and there was a family there and, and I, I helped them out get their stuff going and I noticed that they were hiding something behind their back. I said, yeah. He says, yeah. And I said, and I, told, and I told him, hey, you don't have to hide that. Pull it on out. And he said, man, and it was a big old joint. And then he says, and we smoked that joint, and we got so high, right? I said, really? Okay. Like, where did that come from? And I'm thinking maybe he thought I had something that we could get high with him with. And I said, man, it's interesting that you say this to me. I said, because I have something too. <laughs> I said, I got something too. And then he, he looks at me and he says, yeah? I said, yeah, man. I said, give me your hand. I said, give me your hand. And he pulls out his hand like this, and I grabbed his hand. I said, let me tell you about Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what, I began to prophesy over him, and I began to give him a word, and I began to pray for this man right there in the middle of, this, of the truck being broken. Everything around me was chaotic. I began to pray for this man. Because, see, sometimes the thing that we're searching for is right in front of us. It's right in front of us. You see, he, he went looking for something. He didn't know what he was looking for, but he thought that if he stopped, he could possibly get something. And I know this to be true because he was drunk already. He was already a little, he was looking to party. Whether he profiled me or not, I understand. I got the tattoos. I get it. You know, it happens. So I'm praying for this guy. I pray for this guy. And then he begins to weep with me there. And he says, you know, when I was younger, I used to serve the Lord. I used to serve God. And I just, I just, I, I ran away from God. And, I, and I'm, I'm still holding his hand. I said, but, he says, but you know, I believe that God brought you here to me today. He says, like, out of all the places you could be, like, he brought you here just to tell me this. He says, because just yesterday, I was asking God if he still loved me. That's what he asked me. He said, do you still love me? He said, because he felt like God had turned away from him because he, he was no longer living the life that he, he thought looked like God. And he comes and he, 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 he encounters the love of the Lord. You see, what was beautiful about this is the very thing that we're searching for is right in front of us, and we just don't know it. 
I was looking for the resting. I was looking for the refreshing. I was looking for my vacation. I was wanting some just some peace and some serenity. That's all that I was looking for. I wasn't, you know, listen. When I say I'm a revivalist and I'm an evangelist, apostolic, I am an evangelist. Everywhere I go on the streets, it doesn't matter where I'm doing, it's like Holy Ghost. That's not something that I do. It's something that I live. And I was looking for that rest. So this man leaves and he encounters the Father. Then I go back and the truck is still broken. At this point, um, the guys had to walk maybe about half a mile to an auto zone. You know, they're trying to find a solution. We're just there. In the midst of everything, um, the guy leaves, and then I, I get back in the vehicle, and Alice is sitting down. And I look to her, and she's, she's weeping, and she's in tears. And she's crying. And I said, What's the, what's the matter? She said, I just feel the Lord. I feel the Lord so strong. You see, this man was a carrier of the presence of God. And the very thing that I was looking for was right in front of me. It looked like a drunk. It looked like a drug addict. It looked like somebody who was rough. But it was Jesus, the presence of the Lord, was standing right in front of me. We walked away. He left. And me and my wife were sitting in the parking lot. And we're weeping and crying in the parking lot because we just encountered the Father's heart. The very thing that we were searching for trying to go on a vacation came right to us in a parking lot as we're sitting there broken down. I don't know why God does what he does, but the man told me this. He says, I know that God loves me now, and I know that, that he's not mad at me. He says, and I know that he sent you here just for me. And I had to ponder that thought. I said, Lord, if you made me break down, five times to make me go back and forth, back and forth to wind up in this one spot just for that one person. It's going to be worth it, Lord. It's got to be worth it. Oh, Jesus. So we drove. <laughs> I'll get the, the end of that story. We drove a total of like eight hours between Michigan and Ohio, Michigan and Ohio to wind up 20 minutes from where we first started. Isn't that crazy? We wound up in a little bitty place, a beautiful place, a little campground with a beautiful beach, lake, beautiful, gorgeous. 15 minutes from where we, we started. But we drove in. <laughs> Jesus. So sometimes the very thing we're looking for literally is, can be just 15 minutes away. <laughs> 15 minutes away, right? There's often a process that the Lord will take us through to get us to the place that he wants us to be. You know, as humans, we have a tendency to want things to be done a certain way. 
with a certain pattern or even in a fashion which we're familiar with. God is wanting to shift our mindsets. Listen, we do. We get in a place where we expect things to look a certain way. We, we, because we get so accustomed. Well, this is the way God does things. This is how God moves. And then when God begins to shift things and begins to move things around, and it doesn't look like what we're used to, then we start to lose it. And the reality is God is wanting to shift things in our life to get us out of the familiar areas. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place. He doesn't. He's shifting our mindsets. He's changing the patterns. You know, he really is. <laughs> We're searching for the things that are right in front of us, even the things of the supernatural. Listen to what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm, I might say some things in here this morning that may stretch you. Okay? This, this is my disclaimer it's in the Bible. If you don't believe, then you take that up with the Lord. Because in the Bible, it talks about the angelic. It talks about the demonic. It talks about all the heavenly realms, the second heavens, the third heavens. It talks about all the different realms of the glory. But even in the supernatural, see, God is shifting. He's wanting to open our eyes. This morning, Peter was singing prophetically over us, and he had no idea what, he, what I was going to share. He says, I want you to take, open up your eyes. Put your hands in your eyes. Lord, open their eyes, God. Let them see, God. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's taking my message. <laughs> and I'm there. I'm just laughing. I'm like, God, you're funny. It's good. And <laughs> but the other day, I'm going to say something that may really shock you. <laughs> The other day I was at the gym. <laughs> I know you don't see, look at me. No, but I was at the gym the other day, and, and, uh, and I had a supernatural encounter at the gym, and I wasn't even trying to. I wasn't trying to have an encounter with, with anything. I was just there, like, reluctantly. I was there because I promised my son that I would go and I didn't want to break a promise. Because I was tired. And I showed up at the gym, and I'm like, and I get on the treadmill, and I'm there. <laughs> I'm running and this, walking on this treadmill really fastly. And all of a sudden, I look to my right, and I see this angel. Come on, listen. This is the stretching part for some of you. I see this angel on the treadmill next to me. And I'm like, and I'm like, Lord. Because immediately when I, be, when I begin to see the angelic, I ask the Lord, Lord, what's the message? What is the message? Because the angels always come with a message. They're carriers of the word of the Lord. They don't just show up to show up. So I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what, what, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And I'm looking. So in, in these gyms, they got mirrors everywhere. And I'm looking at myself right here. And I'm looking at the, this, the, the angel 
And he's right next to me, and he just goes, and he looks at me, and he looks forward. And I'm looking in the mirror, and he's not even in the mirror. And I began to pray, and I began to ask the Lord, and, and it was some personal revelation that I had. It was, it was something personal between me and the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears. But see, sometimes we're searching for the thing that's right in front of us. Let me tell you what, there's a realm of the Spirit that is open to you and I. We have all access of he from heaven to step into that place of heaven's reality. That's why the Bible says, on earth as it is in heaven. That means all of heaven is made manifest to you and I, the sons and daughters. It's true. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. The supernatural things of the Lord. God is wanting to open our eyes to see and hear. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Where's my notes here? I'm sorry. Jesus. See, I went way ahead of myself. I got a lot on my heart here. Thank you, Father. You know, I, 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 can re I recall, because see, a lot of times what we do is we begin to search for things in our lives, and we're searching for the very thing, and we don't realize that, that we have the ability to step right into it. Let me give an example. Some of us are, are searching for our next wife. Maybe we're searching for, like, the, the next best job that we have. And Lord, what, you know, what, what do you have for me, God? What is my next step, Lord? You know, I'm in Ohio, God. What do you want from me, God? I, I, I moved all the way, my family from Michigan. Or, or Lord, what do you want me to do this next season? We ask the Lord these questions, why? And we ask the Lord, why, God? What, what does it look like, God? Sometimes we search for things that are for our own selfish ambitions, for our own righteousness. We, we, we search for things like that will that, help elevate us. Come on. And we can see this, guys. I'm going to be just, let's just be transparent. You can see this on, on social media. You can see it on, on television. I, I remember I saw a, a picture, and it's got a picture. Uh, it says, Young Preacher. And he's got his bottom foot on the bottom stair. And then it's each step had a, a level. And it said discipleship, mentorship, accountability. And then it said social media. And the guy's got one foot on the bottom. And he got it just all the way up on social media. Where he wanted to go from point A to point Z without any kind of accountability. You see what I'm saying? We, 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 we begin to move in a place where we search for things. We search for the attaboys. Listen, I know what that looks like. I, I, I went through that season where, where, man, I wanted people to recognize what I was doing. We're doing stuff in ministry and, oh, my God. And then we get into the competition. There's a competition in ministry. Brother so-and-so's doing this. Well, man. How many likes did he have? 
How many Facebook viewers did you have? I'm just being honest, guys. That's what happens. That's what happens. But it's because we search for things in our life that we're missing and there's a void in. And the truth is that the very thing we need is right in front of us. Listen, I remember being, I remember being young. And, man, I was hurt as a kid. I was hurt as a kid. I was a damaged, I was damaged goods. I remember seeing my dad and my mom get divorced at a young age. I remember seeing my dad walk out on my mom when I was seven years old. And I vividly remembered that. Seeing my, you know, and it, and it impacted me so badly that I vowed that I would never get married. I will not get married because I know what it did to my, my, myself. I remember the feeling that I felt when I saw my dad leave. And, and I, 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 I remember I'm dating my wife. I wasn't going to marry her. I told her, I said, we'll be together as long as you want, but we're not ever getting married. I'm sorry. And Yeah, poor Allison. <laughs> Listen, I'm just being a true story. Listen, my, my son attended my wedding. That's how how demented I was in believing that because I just didn't, I didn't want to ever put my, set myself up for failure the way, because it was so deep rooted in me, the hurt, yeah. you know, and, and being, being young and being damaged like that, you grow up and then you get involved. I got involved in gangs. Listen, I got involved in gangs and at a young age, you know, and it, it's crazy. Why did I get involved? Because I wanted family. I wanted family. I didn't have a brother. I didn't have a sister. My mom was working. My dad was gone traveling as a musician. I mean, like, I wanted family. So what do I do? I go and I get involved with these people that said they love me. So they beat the heck out of me. They beat me. We fought. We did all kinds of stuff to get in. And then I begin to see what happens to these young girls. Because they're searching for the Father's love. They're so wanting attention because they come from broken homes and broken families. So they go and they get involved with these gangs and they're getting raped by 10, 15 guys just so they could be accepted. It's horrible. Listen, this is truth. It's truth. Because we search for something and the truth is, the Lord's there the whole entire time. The whole entire time. All right, I gotta speed up. I got a lot here. Jesus. Thanks, guys. Let's turn to John 1. John 1. You see, I'm going to read out of uh, John 1, verse 6. And it starts off as, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
This man came from, for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe that he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light unto every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as, many as received him, to them he gave them the light to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now we're going to scroll down to uh, verse 19. I'm going to read here. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent the priests of the Levites to Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. But and did not deny, but confess, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, Who then are you, Elijah? He said, No, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then he said to him, Who are you that, ye, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am. The voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now those who were sent from the, uh, the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you, who you do not know. It is he who is coming after me, is preferred, uh, preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in uh, Bethabara, beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God! who takes away the sins of the world. This is he whom I said comes, a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he would be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained Upon him, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this will be, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Come on, man. Let's go ahead and turn to... Uh, Let's turn to John, I'm sorry, let's turn to Luke 24. Luke 24. Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this, guys. Hang on with me. Luke 24. 
And we're going to start on 23. I'm sorry. We're going to start on verse 13. Twenty-four, thirteen is where we're going to start. Now behold, two of the men were traveling that same day to the village called uh, Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. They had talked together, I'm sorry, they had talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus, listen to this, Jesus himself drew near and went to them. So Jesus has already been resurrected here. They're walking down this road, and they're talking about all the things that happened, right? They're like, man, can, can you imagine the conversations they're having? They're talking about what they just saw, what, you know, they, they saw like, well, that. Like the resurrection, they didn't even know what had happened. They went from calling him the Messiah to calling Jesus the prophet because they hadn't seen the resurrection. They began to doubt the very thing that they were believing. So then it was Jesus himself drew near and went to them. But their eyes were restrained. So they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you're sad? Then one of those, then one whose name was uh, Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not you not known the things which have happened in these past days? And he said to them, what things? You know, Jesus is being sarcastic, right? Like, what, what are you talking about? What's going on? He says, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. They're having a conversation with Jesus. They, they're, and they don't even know that it's him. The very thing that they're searching for. They were looking for Jesus, the resurrected Savior, but they didn't even know that it was Him. They didn't even know. And He said to them, what things? The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. Listen to what He said. Let's go back. He said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Why did he call him a prophet and not the Messiah? Why don't you think on that one for a little bit? Mighty indeed, the word before God and all people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him and condemned him to death, and then crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. See, they began to lose faith. 
Man, it's the third day already. We haven't seen nothing yet. We thought he was the one. We thought he was the one that was going to come and redeem us. No longer were they seeing him as the Messiah, but they saw him as the prophet. Because they were doubting. And he says, yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they have also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, him and they did not see. Then he said to them, this is Jesus, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, and all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. Then, in verse 28, then he drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent, and we have went in to stay with them. And he went in to stay with him. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread. He blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And I like this part. It says, when he broke the bread and he gave it to them, then their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished right from their sight. The very thing that they were going after was right there in front of them. Come on, listen. I'm going to continue reading because this is, this is key stuff. Verse 32 says, And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? So they rose up on that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven of those who were with them and gathered together saying, The Lord risen is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told us about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them and the breaking of the bread. Come on. Holy Ghost, come on. Now, verse 36. As they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. And suppose they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Why does doubt arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet, 
that it is myself. Handle me and see, for his spirit does not have flesh and bones, bones as you see I have. When he had, seen that, when he had said this, he shown them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets of the Psalms concerning me. And then, right here, verse 45, And he opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the Scripture. Then he said to them, Thus it is written. Come on, man. Listen, I hope you guys are getting this. You know, I just... I. I want to cast vision for what the Lord is doing in this house. You know, this is an apostolic house. This is an apostolic center. And when I say that word apostolic, listen, I'm not talking about the conservative apostolic calling that I've seen in Ohio. We, we got to really make sure we understand that. I'm talking apostolic in the, in the sense of the fivefold ministry, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists, the pastors, the apostles, that we would see when we begin to see the fivefold being established, that we begin to see the kingdom of heaven being demonstrated, walking in the fullness of what the kingdom is supposed to look like. Come on, listen. I want to cast vision for what the Lord's going to do in this place in Ohio. I'm out here on the weekend. I'm out this weekend. I, I was, I was, I, I took my bike out and I began to drive through Stryker. I'm riding through Stryker. And everywhere I'm going, I'm like, the Lord said, I want you to pray for it. So I go and I, I get off at the municipal court. And I go and I lay hands on the municipal court. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I just declare revival here in this building, God. Then I go, and I go to the police department, and I'm there with the police department, praying over the police department. Then a police officer's driving up. I wave him down, pull him over. Sir, can I pray for you? And I'm praying for the police officer. Then I go into the, the Springfield Park over here, and I get off the bike, and I begin to walk a prayer walk up and down the property because I'm believing that God's going to do something. I believe it. And you and I need to be a part of this movement of God. I get it. Listen, if, if some of us are just about doing church, praise God, we're going to be that church for you. But if there's those that are hungry for more because there's so much more than just church. I'm telling you, church is a good thing. But guess what? You are the church. Everywhere you go, you are the church. We get to come here to assemble. We get to, come to, to not forsake the fellowship of the brethren, to come and love in each other. This is where we sharpen our swords. But listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going at the revival. You know, we, we, when an apostolic center is being established, the region begins to respond. And we're seeing that happen now. I'm not kidding, guys. Everywhere we're going, all up and down Stryker, 
man, I got, I got things that the Lord's about to do. I, I, man, I got so much I got to share. Oh, Jesus. It's about to happen, guys. Get ready. We're about to make some announcements that are going to be wild. <laughs> Jesus, I feel the glory. Ha. Ha, ha, Vision. I want you to capture the vision of the house, guys. I want everybody in this room to say, listen, I don't know what God's doing in little old Stryker, Ohio, but it's going to affect Wasion, Napoleon, Archibald, Brian, every area. Come on. Into Michigan, into Toledo. Come on. God is going to do something. And you and I get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of this move. I want to stir hunger inside of you. Where are the hungry ones at? Where are the ones that are saying, God, I'll go. I want to see the dead raised. That's what I'm saying, guys. This got to stir in us. It's got to, it's got to kind of, there's got to be an awakening inside our belly. Uh, that's got to be hunger. There's got to be hunger. <laughs> Come on. This is when two or more agree. Come on. When two or more agree. Yay! Come on. Jesus. We are on the verge, guys. <laughs> we are on the verge of seeing a move of God. <laughs> None of this is scripted. Trip, come on up here, Trip. Me and Tripp were talking the other day, and they're just a stirring for the house. There's a stirring what God wants to do. And let me tell you what, you may think you're visiting. You may think you just came to a random service. But you're being totally set up by the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Holo bosakarande shalabababababakarande le busna meselabake arande lo busa shakarande ribusa karande ilomoso torebe kirarande shakarande. Yeah, me and Pete was uh, talking the other day, and 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 one thing that's been on my heart, God keeps bringing to me uh, Haggai chapter one and two, which refers to the greater glory. I can't get past this saying the greater glory. What is the greater glory? The greater glory is the manifest presence of God. That cloud entering a house. And, and as I begin to pray, and I be, it just kept coming to me, I was, God, you need to confirm this thing to me. 
Confirm to me, God, that the greater glory, I don't just want to tell people that the greater glory is going to come to emergent streams if it ain't you, God. Are you really going to fill this house, God? Are you really going to fill this house with glory, God? You need to speak to me, Jesus. After I prayed this, it was the next morning I woke up to see a, a post from my wife from something from six years ago. And, and even looking at the picture, I immediately was taken to this conference I was in. And this whole conference was based on Haggai 2. This whole conference that Nathan Morris was on, Haggai 2, was on the greater glory. Shaking the nations, the greater glory. I, I was taken back, and instantly it felt familiar to me because I encountered a presence, my God. Listen, you want to talk about being full of the Holy Ghost. In this meeting that night, the glory was so thick. I'm telling you, me and my wife had to be packed and put into cars. The whole trip home, I laughed, and I cried, and I wept under the glory. It was the very first time I ever experienced a glory cloud. I got home that night. The Lord told me, he said, go pray for this Baptist guy, right? I love Baptists, nothing against it. But I go to his house, and I said, the Lord has sent me to pray for you. I lay hands on him. I begin to pray, and I'll never forget when I opened my eyes. He was white as a ghost, and his eyes were open, and his whole shirt was wringing wet. He said, my God, look, open your eyes and look. And I looked, and there was a cloud in the room. I, I, I literally seen a cloud in the room. The room was full of God's glory, and it was a foretaste. It was just a taste. It was just a glimpse, a glimpse of God's glory. But in Haggai 1-2, God is, the, God is using the prophet Haggai to talk to the people. The people have lost hope. The people are just doing life. They're just going through their normal things. They're, he said, have you forgot the temple? You're living your life. You're worried about your life. But what about the temple? Do you say we won't rebuild the temple? And this was in a time God was raised using Haggai the prophet to raise him up to rebuild the temple. And as he's talking to him, he begins a sovereign. Listen, and this is what God's doing today. God is going to bring a sovereign today. He's going to stir your heart for this house. There's going to be a release today, a sovereign move, because God has said that God began to stir, uh, stir their heart up. Everyone, even the remnant in the house, he began to stir their heart up, right, for rebuilding the temple. What was rebuilding the temple for? So God's glory could enter that place. Are you with me right now? And as God was talking to him, he asked him, he says, he said, is there anyone in here that remembers the former glory? Now, as I look back and I begin to study, this had to be 200 years later. So he knew no one in there was because in that time, man's life didn't go that long. Okay? And so he's asking him, he's saying, is there anybody in here that remembers the former glory? He said, does it seem like nothing to you right now? But you know what stirred the people's heart? Because he said, he said this right now, tell them, the prophet's word is God is with you. The prophet's word is God is with you. The prophet's word is God is with you. And I'm telling you, as sure as I stand here with this microphone, God is with emerging streams. As sure as I stand here, God is for this work in this house. As sure as I stand here, God is for emerging streams, and he is with us. And today, God is going to begin to stir your hearts up. Listen to me. There should be one cry and one cry only for the manifest presence of the God. Every revival that was ever known was based on the manifest presence of God. You see, it's all about the glory. Pete preaches glory, 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 glory. All I talk about is glory, glory, glory. Most of the people in here, all you talk about is glory, 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 because you know there's something in you. God has planted a seed. He has planted a desire in you that cannot be fulfilled by nothing on planet earth, but by the manifest presence of the living God. 
I'm telling you right now, God is going to bring a greater glory to this house. Now, when I say a greater glory, and we talk about the former glory of this house, what does that look like? I heard R.W. Shumbaugh preaching this house. I heard Kenneth Hagin preaching this house. I heard that Lester Summerall, the general, preaching this house. I heard that there was a glory that came with these men and these men preaching this house, this very building. And I'm like, God, does that seem arrogant to me? When I was home laying on my bed and I said, God, are you really speaking to me? Are you really going to bring a greater glory? Because we're talking about generals that minister the gospel in this house. Are you really talking to me about bringing? I'm telling you, as sure as I stand here right now, God is telling us right now. And today, God is wanting to stir up everyone in here. Everyone in here is pivotal. Every one of you has been called here and directed here by God. And God is telling you today that God is with you. God is with this movement. Now, I know, that we are, I know that we house the temple. We are the church, right? But every great movement is what happened, right? In a place God comes in his, in, in, and he lives in us. I know, but he chooses to habitate. He comes in places, and he fills places with his glory. How many in here would say right now that they believe what I'm talking about? That there's something stirring in the air, that God wants to do something in emerging streams. This greater glory, everything's going to be birthed in it. I keep hearing Ohio ablaze. Uh, and in Haggai, Tuxa, it talks about shaking the nations once again. Listen, this was a promise. When I say former glory too, God was talking about, he was talking about a glory like Pete was kind of saying, going to uh, a glory that the priest could not minister under this weighty glory. The Bible says that Moses' face was glowing from this, this greater, I mean, this former glory that came with the law. But now that we have Jesus Christ right now, that we in the new covenant as we cry out to Abba Father in the name of Jesus God's presence can enter a place correct so I just want to take a minute and I want to pray over you right now Father, I thank you for everyone that is in emergent streams right now, God, even in the name of Jesus, God. I pray a passion for the house. I pray a desire for the house. I pray that there would be something stirred in everyone in here today, God, that they would desire the greater glory. God, I want to thank you that you are here and you are with us and you're doing a mighty work. Like Apostle Pete said, you're doing mighty things. You're birthing mighty things. And we thank you in this hour for what you're going to do, God. And I pray for every one right now that there would be a fresh fire a fresh desire they would go and get people and say come you got to see God's doing something in emergent streams God's going to release his glory in emergent streams come on come with me you got to see what God's doing in emergent streams I just thank you for that glory being released today on everyone in here God that fire on everyone in here today God to believe in the name of Jesus Christ for this greater glory, this greater glory.